You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Big pause. So we're, we're in our I Love My Church campaign, and we're in part two. And I want you to suppose with me uh, something, okay? Suppose with me. Suppose that you had a baby. And if you're a guy, suppose that your wife had a baby or your fiancé had a baby. But suppose that we had a baby. And you took the baby home from the hospital, and you get the baby home, and you begin to nurture the infant. You do what good parents do. You, you change them when they go potty. You feed them when they're hungry. You keep them away from the elements. So when it's cold, you keep them warm. When it's uh, hot, you keep them cool. And you begin to just pour your life into this baby. One month go by, two months go by, and this is pretty relevant because we are having a baby dedication service coming up in a couple of weeks. So there's a lot of babies that have been born in the life of LWC, so it's kind of relevant in that way, but you, you nurture that baby and you're, you're just pouring your life into it, and then six months go by, and you look at the baby, and it has not grown any, what would you do? I know what I would do. I would take that baby to the doctor because babies are supposed to grow. Infants are supposed to grow physically. They're supposed to grow emotionally. They're supposed to grow in maturity. And so when they don't grow, we know that there's something wrong. You see, you need to know that God created us with the capacity to grow. And I know this for a fact, and the reason for that is most of us that have had kids and we've raised them, every time that they accomplish something, don't you get really excited? Like, oh my goodness, For example, for us, we have grandkids now, so every time that our grandkids do anything, if they say goo for the first time, we're like, did you hear that? He's the smartest kid in the world, right? Did you hear that goo? No one says goo like that. And and, and so every accomplishment, we, we celebrate it. Not only that, but our children, they celebrate every time that they grow, right? They say, Dad, look at what I did today. Look, Look at me. Look how I throw the ball. And so they celebrate how they grow. Growth is a very, very wonderful thing. When, I, when we purchased our house, my wife and I, probably 20 years ago, when we purchased our house, uh, I remember that when we started looking at everything in the water heater closet, 
We opened up the door, and on that door, there's a growth chart of their kids. There was. We, we, we changed it all out. And I thought about that as I was putting the message together. I thought about the importance of that. What if I would have cut that place where they had marked, uh, I forget the names, but they marked, uh, you know, first year, second year, third year, and they kept marking the growth of their children. What if I would have sent that to them, and then they could have framed it? Wouldn't that have been cool? The reality is that all of us are... are called to grow. In fact, God created us with the capacity for that. So I want to talk today in the second part. I love my church because it's a place where I can grow. And so as we think about growth and how important that is, people love churches where they're able to grow in the things of God. And it's very biblical. So we're going to go to a, a place in the Bible, Ephesians uh, chapter uh, 4, verses 15 and 16. And we're going to look at what the Bible says about the importance of our growth. But let's pray first of all as we go to the Word. Father, we thank you for, uh, for who you are, Lord God. We thank you, that, uh, for, thank you for bringing us together in this second service. Pray your blessing over uh, every, everything that I prepared and this message that I prepared. I have prepared, I, I, I ask, Lord, that I can speak very clearly and intelligible, Father, so that uh, every listener can, uh, can have an open heart and, and uh, 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 just let their minds be open as well, Lord God, to everything that you have for them. And I pray that at the end of the message that everyone will, will just grab a hold of uh, just how good your plan is for us. Not only to, to, to feel love, but to grow in that love. And so we pray for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So the Bible says, it says, instead, we will speak the truth in love and say this word with me. Growing, let's, do it, let's try it again. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other part, say with me, grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Here are three ways that I can grow in the church that I love. The first way that we can grow in the church that we love I love my church because it's a place where I can grow through God's truth. The first thing we need to understand is healthy things grow. A plant, when it's healthy, it'll grow. A tree, when it's healthy, it'll grow. Now, it's not fiction that tells us that a plant needs water and it needs sunlight. It's truth that a plant needs sunlight and water, and when you provide those, it'll grow. Now, if someone tells you, hey, I've got this miracle liquid that will help your plant grow, it's called gasoline. And if you put this liquid in your plant, it's going to grow 10 inches in a week. The reality is that's not truth. And when you put that gasoline in a plant, it's going to kill it. 
And so we understand that that truth is very vital to the growth of not only plants, but to every part of our life. We need the sun's light, S-O-N, the sun's light in our life so that we can grow as people. And so pastors understand that churches are called to grow into maturity. And also pastors understand, pastors of healthy churches understand that our philosophies, our man's philosophies or, or our charisma is not going to grow a healthy church. What's going to grow a healthy church is the word of God. And so when you, when you begin to understand that, in fact, uh, the Apostle Paul, he illustrates this and he, and he confirms this when he, when he went to the church in Corinth. He said, uh, the message and my preaching, they were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Very, main, very plain, meaning that he trusted in the word of God. He trusted in the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came to die for our sins. And not only did he die for our sins and offer us forgiveness, but he came to give us abundant life. And so that's truth right there. It's a truth that we, that we need. The only thing that will grow healthy believers is, are in the pages of the Bible. It's when we read the word. In fact, if we go back to that, that text, it says, we will speak truth growing in every way more and more like Christ. I believe it with all my heart that people will love churches where truth is preached. And the reason for that is truth is absolute. It doesn't waver, right? It stays the same. It remains constant. And when we have the truth of God in our lives, it doesn't change, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, 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 fluctuate with a political agenda, it doesn't fluctuate with the pressures of society, it stays true no matter what we're going through. And it's something that we definitely need in the day and age that we're living in where we're being preached a lot of different messages and some of those messages go completely contrary to the truth of the word of God. Truth will cause us to grow healthier, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. While living a lie will always stunt our growth. When we want to grow in Christ, we begin to face the lies in our lives and we replace them with truth. In fact, lie-based thinking is one of our greatest enemies in our life. Lies keep us in the dark. They keep us stunted, while the truth brings us into the light and into the freedom from the bondage that tries to destroy us. Truth-based thinking is always Christ-centered. In fact, Jesus said, I am the truth. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say, I am a part of truth. I am 80% truth. Jesus said, I am truth. And so when you have Christ centered in your life, 
then you'll be able to overcome the things that try to get you down. People love their church because they're taught and equipped to walk in truth. And when you're equipped to walk in truth, we grow to be more and more like Jesus. And that is exactly what we need in our lives. So what's your action step? Embrace truth. And embrace truth in Christ. And watch out world because you will grow in ways that are evident to all. As long as we're believing a lie, we'll be stunted. Once we replace the lie or the lies that are in our lives with truth and the truth that comes through the cross of Jesus, you are able to grow in ways that you can't even imagine. And people are able to see the evidence of that in your life. You know, there are so many, there are so many ways to illustrate that. You know, we, we, we as people, we hide behind so many masks. We put up so many things uh, in front of our lives, so many facades, because we're trying to avoid the, 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 the things that have happened to us or the situations that have come upon us. And so we try to, we try to mask it with lies. But we need the truth of God in our lives. So the Grow 201 class is a perfect place for you to begin to grow. Every person that's gone through the uh, Connect 101 and then the Grow 201 uh, and then the uh, Serve 301 and the Reach 401 classes, you're, you're progressively moving into maturity. And so the Grow 201, which we're going to have next week, is a perfect place for you to, to, to begin to learn how you grow. It's a wonderful place to begin the growth that you have. And I invite you to sign up for that class if you haven't done that. And I, I just really believe God's going to bless you for that. Number two, I love my church because it's a place where I can grow in and through God's love. And I tell you how healthy families grow their, I mean, yeah, healthy families, how do they grow their children? By love and through love. In fact, you will, you will see the difference in a child that comes from a, from a family where they feel loved because they'll have a high self-esteem. They'll, have a, a, they'll feel good about themselves. They, they, they will not succumb to the pressures that other children and, and teens will succumb to. I'll give you an example of that. So about a month ago, I was having a conversation with, with uh, some kids, and, and they were talking to me about some, uh, a situation that happened. And here's the situation. So there was two friends, and one of them said, hey, you don't have to listen to what your parents tell you to do. You can do whatever you want. You can be like me. I can, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to listen to anyone. And so the other friend says, really? I think I do have to listen to my parents, and I think you need to start listening to yours too. Now, what can we gather from that? What we can gather from that is that that, ch that child that came from a family where they felt loved and accepted and where they felt the, 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 the love of, of God, they said, you know, we don't have to do the things that everyone else is doing. And the one that didn't feel the love said, let's do whatever we want because nobody cares. And so love changes everything. 
You know, the Bible says that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. It's not the harshness of God that leads us to turn around and come to God. It's the kindness of God that leads us to turn around and come to the Lord. It's realizing his love which turns us around. And can I tell you something? People that are in churches where they feel love, they love those churches. And not only does that love affect the campus, but that love affects the communities. As we go to the Copper Corridor and, uh, and establish a church there, can I tell you what's going to change them? They have a lot of churches. And I believe those churches are doing a good work. But they have truth. But what changes people's lives is love. That's why at Living Word Chapel, our model is love God and love people. And my prayer that it won't be just our motto, M-O-T-T-O, but that'll be our culture, which I believe it is, that when people come, they feel the love of God. They feel the love of people. The Bible says we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way to become more and more like Christ. That's an amazing verse right there. We speak the truth, the truth of the gospel, but we speak it always in love. And when you feel that love, you will grow to be more and more like Jesus. When you feel loved, it will change your life. When you feel the love of God, it will turn you to be more like Christ. Ain't that amazing? Love always does more good than hate. Love is like good soil, which produces growth, while strife is like bad soil, which prevents us from growing. Many people are stuck in life because of bitterness and unforgiveness. The church which the Holy Spirit launched on the day of Pentecost was called to help people overcome the hurts of their lives. In fact, as, as we think about that, let's just, let's just process that statement. Love is like good soil which causes us to grow. Why? Because love, you feel accepted. You feel safe. You feel nurtured. You feel encouraged. Hate closes us down. Right? I, I have seen people that have been uh, abused, and uh, those individuals have never grown past that abuse. They can never mature until they get set free from that abuse. And can I tell you what changes them to be able to grow out of it? It is the love of God. You see, there may be someone in here that you've been abused, whether that's physically, spiritually, or emotionally, and that abuse that you've had has kept you stunted, and you will never grow out of that until you receive the love of God, and it heals that hurt and breaks that bondage and breaks those chains, and then you're able to grow in the forgiveness of God. And the reason for that is because God is love. Everything about God is love. Everything that he does for us. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, it was because God so loved you. He loved you this much. God loved you so much that, that Jesus said, it is 
finished. It is, Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the love of God. And when people have a church that they go where they can feel the love of God, it changes their lives and it changes their families and it changes their communities. Let me tell you, there's hope for your life, there's hope for your family, and there's hope for your communities if you have the love of God in your life. There's a, there's a, a, a pivotal scripture in, in the Bible a passage, and it's in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. And the funny thing is that this, this uh, passage is sandwiched. Uh, it's, it's, it's in between two other chapters where it's talking about problems in the church, where there's strife and there's, there's, there's all kinds of division. There's those, all kinds of things. They're not using the gifts of God in the, the way that they should. And the reason that we have problems in churches or anywhere, any place else is because we're not walking in love. And so chapter 13 is a love chapter. And this is what it says. It says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. When people say to you, you know what, you're so humble. Can I tell you, you're walking in love. Humility is walking in love because you don't strut your stuff. You're actually humbling yourself knowing that God has a throne in your life. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in flowering, of, in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. It trusts God always. It always looks for the best. Let's just go back. It trusts God always. Love. Trust God because you know that he's got your back. That no matter what you're going through, you, you have a high view of God. He loves you, and you know that he's not going to hurt you. He's going to get you through. It always looks for the best. It never looks back, but keeps going to the end. When churches make these words their goal, it causes people to love their church. It causes people to invite others to their church because this love begins to permeate their lives, their families, and their communities. Here's your action step. Take a next step by connecting to celebrate recovery or freedom in Christ or transformation transformational prayer ministry and allow God's love to grow you in your faith. So at, at Living Word, we have three ministries. They're called helps ministries. And they help individuals that maybe are stuck in a place. Maybe they have a hurt that they can't get past. Maybe they have a habit that they can't get past. Maybe they have a, 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 a hang-up that they just can't get through. Celebrate Recovery is a great ministry to help you through that. And we're, and we're actually going to have our directors of, of ministries, uh, Rosetta Tafoya, will be in the back to meet with anybody just to discuss the possibility of Celebrate Recovery. Uh, Pastor Mike leads and, and his wife, Ruth West, they lead our Freedom in Christ ministry, and they help you to overcome the things that have got you down or how the enemy has, has worked havoc in your life. And then we've got a prayer ministry led by uh, Mackie Cordero, and she'll be in the back, and she can help you to get on your way to be free and to walk in the love of God. The third thing that is very important, I love my church because it's a place 
where I can grow in and through community. Simply put, we're better together. The churches that people love are places where you can establish friendships that last forever. Where you can find people that care. Not perfect people, but people who genuinely care. Going back to that passage, it says, God makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Healthy churches are where people grow in relationships. Healthy churches are where people grow in friendships. Healthy churches are where people grow in small groups. None of us are perfect, but all of us are being perfectly placed by God to grow. And when you have someone in your life, they can be there for you when you're going through the most difficult times. I had someone come up to me in between services and they said, Pastor, I want for you to stand with me in prayer for my, one of my uh, uh, teenagers going through a difficult time. And can I tell you, he's better because I'm going to stand with him and we're going to believe that the God that we pray to is going to overcome whatever you're going through. I serve a God of miracles. How about you? I serve a God that's bigger than my problem. I serve a God that's bigger than my circumstance. But I know that I need him and I also know that I need people around me. Can we bow our heads? Somebody that's here today, you need to know that God, he desires for you to grow. He desires for you to grow out of depression. He wants to grow you out of anxiety. He wants to grow you out of loneliness. But you can't grow alone. You need God. You need a small group. You need a church that you'll love to go to. So I invite you today to start by opening your heart to Jesus today. If you never have, I want you to pray this prayer with me and invite Jesus into your life and into your heart and watch him take over. The simple prayer is just, God, I am, I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I'm tired of trying to live my life without you. So today I'm making a decision to make Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. By confessing that he died for all of my sins at the cross at Calvary. I also believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And I choose to follow him today and every day in the fellowship of the church. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen and amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.